Hi, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 9 of my podcast called Steps to the Spirit. Last week, in Episode 8, I spoke about Step 3, making a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand Him. And, as I said last week, this is the first time in this podcast that I felt it's absolutely necessary to use two episodes to talk about this step three. Last week we talked about step three from a practical point of view. If I'm trying to work a recovery program of any sort, I am going to look at this step after the first two steps kind of emptied me of my resources So I'm going to look at this step in trying to find help, trying to find help with my life, trying to find a way to run my life differently than the way I've been running it in the past, because that, frankly, hasn't worked very well. This week, I'll be talking about step three, but from a spiritual point of view. I've taken considerable time and effort to think about what it is I want to talk about with this step. And just knowing that I was going to be doing this episode, I think I kind of approached it with trepidation, but also with excitement. Trepidation because it seems so difficult to me to be able to explain to you fully, I don't think I ever could explain fully, but to even explain to you a little bit how important this step, this one decision, has become the most most important decision in my whole life. And with excitement, because I just, like I said, it was the most important decision, still is, and I know how it's changed my life and how it can, and how it can help to change your life for the better. In this part two of step three, I'm no longer talking about the practical application of the step. No, I'm talking about the spiritual aspects, the spiritual application of step three. Now, just as a reminder, step three in my version of the steps is as follows. I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him. And again, as I've said before, I have assigned a gift to every single one of these steps because I believe that every one of these steps is a gift from God. And this particular step, step three, I've assigned the gift of trust. I'll talk more about that in a little while, and I'm sure that you'll understand why I've assign that particular gift to it. Also, as I've said before, many of you who are listening to my description of the steps and how I see them have been working with your or these steps for sometimes, quite some time. In other words, this isn't your first rodeo. You may even have a satisfactory life working on these steps applying them to your life, 
and otherwise having treated or appeased your addiction. If, in fact, that's why you started being interested in the steps. One of the things I want to say right now is that these steps, as they are written, are not necessarily just for people who are suffering from an addiction of any particular kind. They are written, I believe, authored originally somewhere by God, for people who are simply having trouble with life. From the time we take a first breath, it's like, well, here it is. Now what are you going to do with it? You have some time. Who knows how long, sometimes not too long, sometimes many years, to figure this out, to figure out what's important to you, to figure out what's important in your relationship with other people, and to figure out what's important in your relationship with God. So these steps are in a particular order. The first step, I realized I was powerless. I couldn't manage my own life. Second step, I have come to believe that some power can restore me to what was an insane life. And I know, and those of us who are looking at this third step from a spiritual point of view, see that help as being God. For years, uh, in my first experiences with uh, 12-step programs or recovery programs, I pretty much brushed by the first three steps. I was involved in some kind of recovery, and many of you might have just brushed by them also, and maybe that's why you're listening to this podcast now. What I want you to understand from my point of view was that when I didn't brush by the third step, when I was willing and ready to honestly make this decision, it absolutely transformed my entire life. So, in the practical application of the program, I found that, well, I was more sane than I had been. I was starting to manage my life. I was starting to control how I would behave. I was starting to not be a slave to my addiction any longer. And for all practical purposes, if you looked at me, you would believe that I was doing a successful recovery. At one point, I went to many meetings. Uh, there was one time in my life, brief, and I'm not suggesting this, where I went to about 21 meetings a week. I began to speak at meetings occasionally. I had a sponsor, and I started to participate in events and social things that were involved with the recovery program. I was experiencing big, maybe even huge, changes in my life. I had a good job. At some point, I was um, working in the field of helping others with their recovery, but at some point, I realized that this recovery program, if I could call it that, that I had, that I was so-called working, left me 
empty. I started to feel like there was more than putting one foot in front of the other, having a job, getting into a relationship, going to meetings, doing all those things, and they weren't enough. And I started to really get this inkling, and I believe it was my spirit that was pushing me a little bit and making me uncomfortable. I had the inkling that I should be doing more. I had had this feeling before, and I ignored it. And that's why in the early recovery years, I was able to put together a few years of being, from, in my case, sober, and then just fell away. It wasn't enough. I hadn't changed. I hadn't looked at my life. At one point, I put together almost, I think it was 18 years, and it was an empty recovery. So any decision that I had made in step three was really only a decision to change my life. Well, now, uh, a few years ago, I relooked at step three. Relooked, is that a word? I don't know. But I looked at step three again, and I started to realize that it wasn't a matter of changing my life. It was, and this was a scary part, it was a matter of total surrender. Now, please, let there be no mistake about it. My ego is probably my most powerful enemy. At the same time, I'm realizing that I have to surrender. My ego is pushing me, punching me, saying, Hey, what, are you crazy? Are you, what are you willing to give up? Look at all the good times we're having. Look at all the fun we're having. You know, if you do this, you're going to lose a lot of me. You're going to lose a lot of the fun things in life. And there, my friends, is the quandary. Which way was I going to decide to make my focus? Was I going to continue to make my focus on life and on my ego? Or was I willing to change my focus to my spirit and surrender? So whatever it is that needs to happen to us, happened to me. And God only knows that's the thing that I would like more than anything else to be able to tell you, this is the one thing that you need to do to make the switch to make the surrender, to make, it, make you realize, as I realized, that the important things in life weren't the things in life. The important things to me had to be using my spirit, which is all-powerful, to be able to run my life, to be willing to filter what I did in my life through my spirit's wisdom. All I can tell you is that my experience, that's all I can tell you is what my experience has been and what my life is like now. But by surrendering, which by no means is giving up, this kind of surrender to my spirit is a surrender, it's a tactic, let's call it a tactical surrender. 
It's a tactical surrender in order to win the ultimate war. I immediately became a superhero. I immediately started to realize that nothing in this human world, in this physical world, could ever hurt me again. Believe me, friends, that's the most wonderful feeling that someone like me, who was so poor in any kind of self-esteem, that, that, that was the most wonderful feeling I could ever have imagined. And I want to remind myself and everybody else that this is not an action step. I don't actually do anything. All I did in this step was to make a decision. Yes, the biggest decision of my life, but it's just a decision right now. It doesn't take away any of the problems that I was experiencing, any of the things that I have to change in my life. Because I've made this decision means that I am willing that I'm willing to try to change my life. At this point, I still have every human problem and all of my defects that I've had right along. But in the future, I'm going to try to do things differently and I'm going to use God's help, which is my spirit, to do it differently. This step takes much soul searching. It takes much looking at what my life has been and the direction it's been going in. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to look at all the things or all the issues that I have in my life. But it means that I'm going to think about trying and finding the need to do things differently, to allow God to manage my life. I remember the day I made this decision and I was absolutely felt like I was between a rock and a hard place. I remember a story I heard and I'm not sure if I had heard it in a, a recovery program or not, but it was about a guy who was walking along and slipped, missed his footing, and he was on the edge of a cliff, which went many thousands of feet down, and he fell. And as he fell, he grabbed out, flailed along, and reached out to a branch that was sticking out of the side of a cliff. Well, here he was, hanging there. There was nothing he could really do. There was no way he could climb back up. All he was doing is holding on. With what he was sure is his last breath, he said, Oh God, please help me. I think I'm going to die. With that, a kind of glowing figure appeared right next to him, out a little bit from the cliff in midair. Of course, he was stunned. And the figure looked at him and said, Can I help you, my son? Well, the 
The guy looked and said, well, hello, look at me. Uh, I'm hanging on with, by a thread here. I need you to help me to save my life. Are you from God? And the spirit looked at him and said, yes, I am. And I'd be happy to help you. Well, with that, the person was like, oh, I can't believe my luck here. Uh, okay, let's do this. So the spirit looked at him and said, okay, all you have to do is let go of that branch. Let go? He asked, what are you, crazy? If I let go of the branch, I'm going to fall and die. The spirit said, don't worry. If you let go, I will save you. You need to have faith. I feel, friends, as if I've let go of that branch and put my faith in my spirit. I think sometimes I feel like I have to keep letting go a little bit more. But I have let go, and I do have faith in God. What about you? Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.